0: what we're doing but the size of brain is comparable and recent studies even show that that a sheep can actually remember and differentiate pictures of human faces two years after they've seen that image that a sheep recognizes their shepherd they see that image And so good shepherds know that that sheep can be pretty smart and that that they can do some whispering to get in to see what, what sheep see and be able to influence them and be able to guide them and lead them along in the same way the dog whisperer leads the dogs. A good shepherd needs to understand what sheep see when they see the shepherd. And so we started uh, with Resurrection Sunday in John chapter 20. And Mary hears the voice of Jesus. She knows him because of his voice. And so now we rewind several chapters and we look back at John chapter 10. And so we're going to read a big chunk of this uh, this morning. John chapter 10 starting in verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Do you remember the scene with Mary at the tomb? calls her by name, and she recognizes his voice. When he was brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. This common theme, right? Here's this story, Don't understand what's going on. Therefore, Jesus tries to explain and says, "'Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved.'" They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. When problems come, the hired hand just runs. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know my father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words Were again divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of, of the blind? Then came the festival of dedication in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe me. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they know me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and the Father are one. And so especially in light of the resurrection story, these two connect so well. To see Jesus describing himself as the good shepherd, the Messiah. And the sheep will recognize his voice. They will recognize who he is. There's a, a shepherd in Australia named John Powell. He could be considered a sheep whisperer. When there was a severe drought, his his flocks declined. And then on top of that, his, his loyal sheepdog was attacked by a snake and killed. And so he had to find ways to efficiently herd this group of sheep without the sheepdog, without anything but himself. And and as he was restocking his farm with, with new lambs, he noticed that his his daughter was feeding them willow leaves, which apparently is like chocolate for a toddler. And so feeding them these willow leaves, so now the sheep really like them, and they really like to be around them. Have you ever used M&Ms for your kids in this way, right? And so the shepherd was always close by, and as the lambs got older, they became they, they would follow him wherever he would go, and they would become leaders of this flock as well. And so the, the flock mentality then kicks in, and they all follow him around. And so he was able to, to, to guide through this, this herd of a thousand sheep without any help because they had all grown accustomed to him. They knew his voice, they knew his look, and instinct kicked in. Just by showing up and being recognized by by the leaders of the flock, John was able to herd them along. It's a gentler way of shepherding that keeps the sheep calm, keeps them happy. It's all about knowing the sheep and being known by them. So Jesus chooses this image of a shepherd very strategically. It's this festival of dedication that's going on and he, he, knows, he, he, he knows that, that G- Jesus chooses this image and he knows sheep intimately and he's known by them and he's playing on this imagery and it's familiar throughout Israel's story. Leaders were often compared to shepherds. God was compared to shepherds. In Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 34, there's this passage where the prophet compares the bad shepherd kings of Israel who are greedy and only feed themselves and compares them with God who is the good shepherd, who, who makes the sheep lie down in safety. God is a good shepherd. He will seek the lost. He will bring back the strayed. He will bind up the injured. He will strengthen the weak. And so the prophet continues in Ezekiel saying that, that God would set up A shepherd over them, David, who will feed them and be their good shepherd. And so in John 10, Jesus is taking this language, this imagery, and is identifying himself with the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? He knows and cares for his sheep. He, even if it costs him everything, even his own life. And so, unlike those hired hands who, who come in and run away as soon as there's danger, the good shepherd is going to stay through it all. The good shepherd is intimately connected to its flock. The relationship is now closer between shepherd and sheep. And so Jesus is building this image during the festival of dedication, which we call today Hanukkah. And it's celebrated the, the it's celebrated the victory of the Maccabees over the foreign invaders during the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so they're in this festival remembering this time where where the Maccabees had, had given their lives in defense of the nation who were fiercely devoted to God and devoted to the temple. And they were doing everything in their power to preserve Israel. And so it's during this festival that they would actually be reading Ezekiel 34, talking about the bad shepherds who had led Israel astray, and the good shepherds who had come along to preserve the people. And so now Jesus positions himself in this festival, looking back at history, and and even on a greater scale says, I am the good shepherd, and the flock is much bigger and greater than what you ever imagined. That it's not just Israel, but it's also for the Gentiles, who were not yet a part of the flock. He's the good shepherd. He's the Messiah. And so Jesus is presenting himself in this moment with this picture. But the Jewish leaders, they didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. They did not see him as the good shepherd. They didn't recognize his voice. They didn't recognize his manner, his care, or his, his leadership. Instead, they saw someone who was stirring up trouble. Someone who was a radical. Someone who was a fraud. What do sheep see when they see Jesus? Sheep that know their shepherd. They see someone who who seeks the lost. Who binds up the injured. Who brings back the strays. Sheep who see the shepherd, they see someone who strengthens the weak, who lays down their life for them. This is what the sheep see when they see Jesus. And so who do we see when we see Jesus? When we look at Jesus, who do we see? Some religious figure, some teacher, or the good shepherd who rescues us and pursues us, lays down his life for us. And so, as we, as we look at what the shepherds see, or what the sheep see in the shepherd, we also look at what, what the sheep need. And Jesus says in, in verse 27 My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they, they follow me. And so, so They follow him because they know they will receive the things that they need to thrive. They will be well fed. They will be safe. They will not be stressed. They will will have somebody looking out for them. And so Jesus sums all this up in, in one sentence. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. This is the abundant life that Jesus speaks of in verse 10. This abundant life made possible because the good shepherd puts the sheep ahead of himself. The priority for the shepherd is the sheep. And so when the the, the sheep see Jesus, they, they see a shepherd who has their best interests in mind. A shepherd who cares for them. A shepherd who's willing to die for them. One that will protect them. And Jesus can do this because he is God's promised good shepherd. In fact, he's God in person. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. The Father and I are one. That's what Jesus says. But then for those of us who have heard the voice of the shepherd... The part of Jesus' flock that have heard the voice of Jesus whispering to us. Like Jesus, we also have a shepherding task. We have a shepherding role. That there are sheep around us. And for those of us who have heard the voice of Jesus, we're called to be shepherds. Called to assist in caring for others, bringing them into the fold where they can experience abundant, eternal life. And so to do that, we have to be willing to care for the sheep like Jesus cares for the sheep. To know what they need, to to lead them well. Every one of us has some sort of small flock. It could be our family, it could be Co-workers, neighbors, friends at school, our life groups, classes, groups of people around us where we have these flocks. And when when we've heard the voice of Jesus, we're called into this shepherding function. It's not something that is just delegated to our elders. It's not something that is just given to our staff. We're all shepherds caring for one another, providing for one another. And so we're called to hear the shepherd's voice and then we become leaders of the flock where we lead them in following him, ensuring that people are well fed, that they're spiritually and physically healthy, that, that we, we create an environment of peace where people feel valued, where people feel loved, where people feel cared for, and that we, we care about the flock more than we care about ourselves. And when we do all of that well, others will want to follow. Others will hear the voice of a good shepherd. And so maybe a good prayer for us is, Lord, help me be the kind of sheep that leads others to the shepherd. Let's be standing together. Do we recognize him or do we run and reject him? And then when we have heard that voice and see the good shepherd, how can we be sheep that lead others? How can we be ones that that serve as shepherds in whatever capacity we find ourselves in, in our families, our friendships, our workplaces, our neighbors, neighborhoods? guiding people to the voice of the Good Shepherd. We're going to spend some time in prayer and spend some time at the communion table together. And so this is an opportunity for us to to move around the room. We have communion prepared at the tables um, up the stairs. And so when you feel ready, you can go to one of those tables and and spend some time uh, maybe as a family With strangers, with other sheep, Um, find some other sheep around you and uh, go uh, spend time at the the tables. We remember who Jesus is, that he is the good shepherd that lays his life down for us. And so we see in the symbolism and and, and the elements of, of communion, the shepherd who lays himself down for us. We see in the bread, the broken body, and we see in the cup, the shedding of blood, a shepherd who lays himself down for us. And so as we're moving and taking communion together, it's also a time where we can be praying for one another, encouraging one another. We'll have shepherds down front. I'll be uh, down front as well. And we can shepherd one another as we pray for one another. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time and opportunity to, to hear your voice. God, would you speak to us? Would you give us a glimpse of your face? Now we thank you for Jesus. Would you help us to follow as good sheep, to hear his voice, to recognize his voice, to, to obediently follow him? We thank you for this bread and this cup and the sacrifice that our shepherd makes for us.